Welcome to the Slay Podcast with Leanne Gabriel. Listen in as she leads and empowers with stories of inspiring women making a difference in today's world. Well, good afternoon, Slay family. So happy to be here with you on another fantastic Tuesday with a returning guest, our resident medical expert. There are very <laughs> few people who come in here more than once, but Dr. Yvette Casey Hunter is always invited in here because she is just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the medical industry. So if you are newer and you have not had the pleasure of meeting Dr. Yvette Casey Hunter, I will introduce you. Dr. Hunter is from Cincinnati, Ohio. She has 40 years of experience as a physician. She's worked as a pediatrician and she is a chief medical officer of a medical institution out in Ohio. So to say she is documented is just an embarrassing understatement. And she was kind enough to come in here and educate a lot of us when COVID happened. But today, rather than talk about something bad that's going on and how to protect yourself, we're going to talk about something fantastic that can really help you and your family. So first and foremost, welcome back, Dr. Hunter. So happy to have you here. Thank you so much, Ms. Gabriel. I appreciate the invitation. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you here. And this is the time of open enrollment where many people are looking at medical coverage, medical insurance. And I really am thrilled to have you here because for so many people, they struggle with the expense of medical bills and medical insurance. And it is one of the biggest causes of bankruptcy in this country. But there is a disruption going on, and you, my fantastic expert, are going to talk to us about what is happening. So I'm going to turn it over to you if you could talk a little bit about what is going on in the industry and new options that are here for people. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Ms. Gabriel, for allowing me to come and, and share. Uh, and that is no pun on the word share. <laughs> but... Uh, Unfortunately, in this country, with it being so, having so many resources, there's so many people who do not have coverage that it permits them to have access to health care. Now, what do I mean by that? Coverage means having some mechanism for paying your bills that are generated by accessing the health care system. Mm -hmm. So when people say, I have insurance, whether it's public assistance insurance or, or commercially acquired insurance. It means I have a mechanism for paying the largest bills that might be engendered by a healthcare need. When people say I don't have insurance, they're really saying I don't have some mechanism in place that'll cover my cost for the bulk of my healthcare needs. So unfortunately, that's been the case for too many people. Either they worked uh, low paying jobs that did not offer what we call benefits that mm -hmm. would include insurance, or they were uh, uh, in, uh, small business owners who did not have sufficient um, revenue streams and sufficient profitability to be able to offer that insurance to their um, employees and to have it for themselves. So a lot of times those people did not have access to care. And so they would wind up going to the emergency room, having horrible bills that would then plunge them because they were much sicker than they needed to be because they didn't have early access to care. So that's the situation that's been going on for unfortunately so long. And even if people had insurance, if they had what's called high deductibles, meaning 
the first dollars out of pocket were in the thousands, they still didn't have it. So when we say people in this country are underinsured or uninsured, it means their healthcare costs exceed 10% of their household budget, mm. their household income. And when you think of 10% off the top going strictly towards one bill instead of towards all of your bills, that's significant. So in terms of disruption, I either- Hold on one second, because I think you said so many smart things there that <laughs> like, <laughs> I gotta slow you down so everybody can absorb it. So okay. one of the things that I think that you just slipped right in there with your wisdom was that when people either don't have some kind of insurance or some assistance to pay their bills, or they have inadequate, like they have a gigantic deductible or there's circumstances that they either ignore or refrain from going to the doctor mm -hmm. when they should have gone in the earlier stages. So that ultimately, I thought that was an amazing insight. So ultimately what happens is by the time they actually have to go, they're in much worse shape than they should have been, which is terrible for them just as a human being. And then on top of it, when they do go there, they've got more medical problems, it's accelerated, mm -hmm. and their expenses are going to be a whole heck of a lot worse. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's true. People uh, wind up going to the emergency room and getting diagnosed with advanced cancers because they mm -hmm. couldn't go even though they found a lump. Uh, they, they wind up not going um, to get their kids care until the kid is desperately ill in, in the ICU and those expenses are, are outrageous. So yes, unfortunately, people rather than getting their preventive care and getting early detection, they wait until things are, you, you just can't ignore the symptoms or the pain anymore. And then that's when they wind up having these extensive diagnostic workups, extensive procedures and high, high cost, you know. So we have that piece of it. And then the other part is if someone has no insurance or no coverage or no assistance and they go in, they're paying the ultimate full horrible retail mm -hmm. price for their care. And right. if you could take a second, because not everybody understands this, but you know, explaining a little bit about how having somebody or some institution or some entity will lower the actual cost that you pay. Can you touch on that for a second, please? Absolutely. So for example, um, all of the um, quote unquote insurance companies, what they do is they negotiate a rate with their providers and, and providers meaning doctors, mm -hmm. um, you know, the whole um, healthcare professionals. And they negotiate a rate for a particular procedure. They actually negotiate a separate rate based on who the employer is that hire, that um, contracted for that insurance. So you might have employer A getting a better rate than employer B through the same insurance company. That's crazy. Oh yeah, that is. And so then what they do, they negotiate a rate and then they say, this is what we'll pay. Well, the person who doesn't have insurance goes to get the very same. And let me say that maybe that negotiated rate is maybe 60% of what the actual fee is 50%. When the person who does not have insurance goes in, they don't have anybody negotiating the rate for them. And so they're gonna pay the full cost. So mm. for example, I know for a fact that labs that we had contracted for, 
all the labs that we would do for somebody as an adult annual visit was $50. But the rate, because the insurance was not provided, the bill came out as $450 for the very same labs. Okay. So if I have no coverage, it's going to mm -hmm. cost me hundreds and hundreds of dollars. But if I have coverage, even though it costs the lab the same amount of money to do my blood tests and do all that, they're only going to charge exactly. me 50. Exactly. That same thing translates over to medicines. So the insurance companies say, okay, this is what this medicine costs, uh, but we're not going to pay you that. We will use your medication exclusively, but we're only going to pay you a third or, or a half of that. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, uh, Pharmaceutical companies says great because they see they'll be able to get their medicines out to millions of people by doing that. But the person who does not have that intermediary at negotiating it for them will pay the full cost of it. So an example of that is um, people on Medicare when okay. they are getting when they're in the so-called covered Part D portion of their year up to when they reach the quote unquote donut, they are only paying a subsidized rate on those costs. Once they hit the donut, they are now paying the full cost of the medicine. And for example, one of the oral diabetic pills is $500 a month mm. out of pocket. Senior citizens can't afford they that. can't afford that. And, so and, people, and the same thing is true for people who are uninsured. They get the prescription medications to treat asthma and control asthma. They can run two or $300 a month. People can't decide, oh, I'll just suck it up and I won't, I won't get it. Something else in their lives go lacking. So either their health goes lacking or something else in their life goes lacking for need. So and that's such a shame because the truth of the matter is there's no way these companies are selling it at a loss when it's negotiated down. So no. it's not like they're like, oh, well, because you have somebody helping you, we're going to negotiate it and we're going to eat the cost of it. They're still making money even okay. after that negotiated down price. Absolutely, they are. And they're saying, well, that, that price is there because it took money to develop it, but they've developed these medicines. They've been around for so long. They can certainly lower the cost. And when you get to generics, some of the medicines are in generics and that makes it lower but some of the medicines are not in generics and you're, you're stuck. You're stuck with having to pay that cost or go without and compromise. Now, I'm gonna back you up for one minute because you referenced the donut and um, people are like Dunkin' Donuts, what's the donut? So can you take a minute and share what the donut is? Cause I only know cause you and I have talked otherwise I wouldn't know what that is but can you share okay. with everyone who's watching this? So the donut is that once you have exhausted uh, the amount of money that Medicare allowed you to have for your medications for that year, then you hit what they call the donut, meaning you no longer have any coverage benefit from them until you've paid, I don't know, two or $3,000 more in your medicines for that year. So um, that means all of that cost is, is coming out of your pocket. It's mm -hmm. not covered anymore. That's called the donut hole. Once you've paid that amount of money that they figure you should pay, then you would be 100% covered after that. So there's a hole in the middle. That's why you call there's it that. There's coverage 
You're um, all on your own and then coverage again after you get through that little section. Absolutely. And, okay. and, and that's horrible because you hit that based on whether you use generics or not. You hit that based on whether you use brand names or not at different portions of the year. So if your medicines are all very expensive, you may run out of your benefit by June and have to pay out of pocket for the rest of the year. If you manage your, your prescription medicines and, and costs from the insurance company perspective better, then maybe you'll get through to September, October, November before you have to cover the rest of it. Absolutely. Okay, so I think that the, um, the case, I can say this as the attorney here, I'm not the doctor, but the case you have made for how critical it is to have somebody negotiating on your behalf is just undeniable. So now there are all these people that are facing it and they're going, wow, it's almost like another mortgage to go ahead and pay for this. And you're going to share with everybody an alternative, a nonprofit. So let's talk about that, please. So what people have traditionally said is, I have insurance, I got insurance. And what they're saying is, I have a mechanism in place to help me pay for my healthcare costs. Mm -hmm. There are other mechanisms out there, one of which has been in the faith-based industry for some time, where churches would contract and pool their resources to cover the health care of their clergy and their families and their staff. Now there's emerging another mechanism, similar but ethics-based, meaning not tied to any specific religion. Or, or, or group of people that will then allow people to uh, pool their resources and then share the cost of the healthcare that other members of that group are utilizing. So it's not insurance per se, because insurance is regulated by each state insurance commission, but this is called health sharing where people have decided to pool their resources and to share their costs with other people. So for example, if um, A, B, C, D, and E join a health care sharing entity, okay? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> then <clears throat> they put in a certain amount of money every month that's judged as their portion. And then as people, need to utilize uh, dollars to cover their health care costs, then that money is pulled from that group of, um, that money is pulled from that group of pooled resources. And this then permits people to have access to care. Now, of course, there has to be some kind of an infrastructure to administer it, but these, are nonprofit entities. So they're not looking to make money. The insurance companies are for profit. Yes, they and, clearly are. <laughs> and they are for maximizing the profit for their shareholders, not for the enrollees who utilize their services. So this becomes an incredible thing. And the cost of it is much, much lower than what it would be if they were going through an insurance company, much lower. 
Well, that so, kind of makes sense because if these insurance companies, their whole goal is to make money, then they're going to charge as much as they can pretty much get away with. But if mm -hmm. someone's got a nonprofit model, they're trying to genuinely, I mean, nonprofits are designed to help people. So they're trying to genuinely mm -hmm. make it accessible. They're going to lower it as much as they can. Absolutely. So for example, a health sharing company would, <clears throat> they would negotiate rates with providers so that, okay, I want all of our members to be able to get preventive medicine so and preventive services. So we're going to do our cancer screenings at the appropriate ages. So uh, rather than pay 100%, we'll pay 50% um, or 75%. And what's unheard of is they say, we'll pay it within two weeks of you sending in the bill. And most insurance companies hold that money and don't pay those claims until two to three months later. So providers are saying, yeah, I'll take that if I'm going to get paid in two weeks. That means I've got some money in my hand to pay my staff, to pay my overhead and so forth. So they're going to look at that. Uh, medications negotiations. Health sharing is going to negotiate prescription costs too, because they're not going to want to pay 100% dollar for dollar when mm -hmm. they know that we can bring a lot of clients to utilize this medicine if we get it at a reduced rate. <clears throat> so it makes all the difference in the world. And then that also lowers the liability for out-of-pocket expenses for the individual who's enrolled in health sharing because they know upfront the first amount of money that I owe per year is this for the entire household. And then that's it. Everything else beyond that goes towards sharing and being um, uh, supported by other enrollees. And that is monumental because that, can, that has the possibility to change lives and outcomes and destinies. So that, that's just awesome. Yeah. And then what about, you know, do they have like some insurance companies, you're only allowed to go to certain doctors and how does that work in this model? No, in this model, number one, there is no uh, panel, meaning there's no restriction on who you go to. You go to whoever you want to go to. They just have to agree to accept your um, health sharing as your means of covering your healthcare costs, which if when they find out, <clears throat> the person gets a card that shows what their benefits are. It has a number on the back of it, just like everybody else's card that says, if you have questions, call this number. When they call and they find out what they have to do to get paid, they are happy to accept it. <laughs> and then the other thing is that when, um, when the, uh, <clears throat> the person goes in for their services and they get it done, it's going to cost them a lot less because the, the rate's been negotiated down and it's gonna be a whole lot less. So for example, I actually have Medicare. I'm still working full-time, but my employer said insurance costs are too high to lower it. Everybody who's Medicare eligible will put them on Medicare. My Medicare premium is $600 a month. Wow. $600 a month. My health sharing premium per month is $119. My deductible, my out-of-pocket expenses mm -hmm. 
for Medicare are $4,900 a year. My maximum out-of-pocket before sharing is $1,000 per year. What a difference. Very much so. Yeah. So you'd say, well, why would I do both then? Well, <clears throat> since the employer is paying for the Medicare, I have to do that. But I actually decided to do health sharing as well to cover the difference between the thousand and the forty nine hundred that I'd have out of pocket. That's it's a brilliant decision. <laughs> it's a no brainer for me. It's called coordination of benefits, mm -hmm. and health sharing is considered as secondary to the Medicare. So this whole concept of health sharing it is exactly as disruptive to the insurance industry as Medicare was when it first came about mm. to cover senior citizens who had worked all their lives, paid into the system, paid their taxes, yes. earned the right to have access to timely health care. This is as much of a disruption to this whole model as Medicare was back in the 1960s. And I can tell you the other thing is just like Uber is to, uh, is to um, taxi cabs, and Uber Eats, DoorDash, and Food, Food Hub, whatever, is to the restaurant industry and Airbnb to the hotels. Oh, the hotels are coming out with, with ads like crazy now. This is going to be as disruptive and in a good way. In a great way. In a great way. Because the truth be told, everybody is entitled and deserves to have early access to care, to preventive care to curative care, to rehabilitative care, to palliative care, to every kind of care. We should not be doing this to our people. We should not be doing these to our citizens and our residents. I'm so grateful you're sharing this because the sad truth is when you really step back and look at it, that the same people who can't afford, you know, maybe traditional insurance and they've been walking around with nothing, they're mm -hmm. the ones that are getting clobbered with the bills because no one negotiates for them. So the person who's financially struggling is the person who's going to really get hit if something happens. So this is awesome. And I really want to thank you for your time and all your wisdom and knowledge and 40 plus years of experience and taking the time to be here today in a, a month where a lot of people are now looking at what they're going to do for their health coverage. That's the other thing. There is no open enrollment season for health sharing. You can do it anytime. You can join it anytime during the year. That, that's, that's It should be. <laughs> Yes, it should be. Well, thank you. They should be able to get it. And that's the way the insurance industry should be too, but they that's not the way they operate. But awesome. you should be able to get uh, enrolled in health sharing anytime you want it. Well, now you all have heard it. There are new and exciting options. Um, if you are watching this in the Facebook group, please feel free to leave Dr. Hunter a question or comment. She's part of the group, so she'll be able to look back and respond to any of your thoughts or questions that you have. And if you are watching this on YouTube, you can leave co comments there as well. And if you're watching this on YouTube, I wanna ask you a favor. There's a lot of people I know that are self-employed that are not taken care of. Little known fact, if you put a little thumbs up on a video like this, or you put a comment, it will drive it to be shared. And there are so many people who are basically playing financial and health rushing roulette out there with nothing. This would be an amazing service to get this information to people. And even if they see it in a month or two or three, Dr. Hunter just told us they can get this kind of coverage anytime that they want. Mm -hmm.
And that, that's so true. And the more we get the word out, the more people will have access to it. And, and that, that makes all the difference in the world because then the disruption is going to make the rest of the insurance industry become much more responsive. Well, everything sure changed when Airbnb and Uber came out. That's for sure. Everything got really affordable, really fast, you know? Absolutely. People would never go, oh, I'll just catch a taxi all the time, you know, unless you lived in New York, maybe. But now everyone's like, oh, I'll just grab an Uber. I'll grab an Uber. It's changed it all. So thank you again, Dr. Hunter, for your time and energy and for contributing to the group and being here today. And thank you so much, Ms. Gabriel, for giving the opportunity to get this information out to people. It really is this public service that you're doing and getting information on all of these different wonderful guests you've had. And I just really appreciate uh, this service that you're doing to the public as well. So oh, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you for listening to the Slay Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to join our exclusive Facebook group, you can reach out to Leanne and her staff at slaywithlg at gmail.com. That's S-L-A-E with L-G at gmail.com.